Good afternoon to all of our fellow health enthusiasts. My name is Aubrey Mast and I am a professor of nutrition. This is a new podcast developed by my friend and colleague, Dr. Charles Benz, and we call this show Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. We search the internet every day to find the best scientific studies that can be used to improve the health of every interested person. You will not see many of these studies in the conventional media because most doctors do not have the time or the interest in finding them. There are also special interests that are less than enthusiastic about you knowing about the studies. Every week we will explore nutritional science that has the potential to prevent and even reverse 90% of chronic illness. This could save many lives and help to stop the healthcare crisis that will eventually bankrupt our country. This is frequently called functional medicine and it has been adopted by thousands of doctors as well as medical schools and hospitals, including the Cleveland Clinic. Today's program is entitled Repairing Damaged Heart Tissue Naturally. Hello, Charles. Hey, Aubrey, how are you doing? I'm doing well, how about good, you? Good, good, oh yeah, I mean, uh, busy, busy, busy. One of my big projects these days is uh, helping people that have long hauler COVID. And uh, guess what the one symptom is that uh, lasts the longest? In other words, they get rid of every other symptom, but there's one that they can't seem to get rid of. It's uh, heart and circulatory system inflammation. And so this is one that I've been spending a lot of time on because I had my first long hauler COVID patient about July of 2020. And I got onto this program of, of uh, treating these people with this protocol and it worked, it worked really well. And oh, six months in, it worked so well, I got it published in a, in a, uh, a medical journal, a peer reviewed medical journal. But what I've been noticing the last seven or eight months is more and more of these people are coming later to the dance. In other words, instead of catching it within a week or two, they're trying through their medical doctors, their conventional medicine doctors, to treat this with statin drugs and, and with uh, a, a, a lot of other things because you know they, they think if they can lower their cholesterol somehow, that's going to help them to uh, get their COVID resolved. And it just doesn't work. And I, I had a, a patient uh, two, two days ago email me after three weeks. He'd, he'd been getting conventional treatment for five months and none of it worked. And he had doctors in his family and then there were non-family doctors that he got into the treatment protocol. Nothing worked. And so uh, he emails me. He says, Dr. Vans, update in... And uh, I'm, on a, I'm on your program three weeks. I woke up feeling amazing today. No fatigue, no depression, cytokines uh, down. And in, in his case, it was also no heart palpitations or challenges. It's, uh, it's like it's coming, I'm coming back to life. I, I said, and an unmistakable healing cascade seems to be taking place on your program. I will proceed gently and avoid over-exerting and crashing. And then he said, uh, I think the astaxanthin and the resveratrol you suggested for vascular inflammation really helped a lot. And so these are things that the medical community is not doing when people have a heart attack. They're saying, get on this cholesterol medication because we know that all this heart disease all happened because you had plaque building up. Uh, in your arteries, and uh, then it clogged your arteries and you had a heart attack. Well, 
that's not the way it happens. But be- before I explain that, I would like to find out what the professor thinks about uh, heart disease and, and, and what your take is on this title, Repairing Damaged Heart Tissue Naturally. I think this is a perfect, perfectly divine timing. This morning I was teaching in my nutrition course and um, it was actually on heart disease. And we got into a discussion not only around long haulers um, that are having heart complications, but also in the fact that we're still in the research phase of the vaccinations and how that is seemingly increasing the risk of myocarditis, especially in younger in the younger male population. And we're yet to see what that's going to do within childhood. Um, and so this conversation around healing heart damage naturally, I think, could not be more necessary, whether we're looking at it through the angle of what's happening within COVID or we're looking at it through the angle of heart disease being a number one killer in the United States, children being born and seen within utero of having atherosclerotic plaques. And then we can complicate the situation even further based upon our diets, right? Based upon alcohol, based upon the sedentary lifestyle, and based upon uh, a lot of our the lack of stress mitigation that we have as a society. So I'm really thrilled that we're actually having this conversation. It could not be more potent in timing. Well, you know, I, I remember an article written in Life Extension magazine about five or six years ago, and the article mentioned 17 risk factors for heart disease and heart attack. 17. And what it said, and what I have known or I knew at that time, but have been verified now with this article, was that the main thing is not cholesterol. Cholesterol is a good thing. Cholesterol is a repair right. substance. It's the, it's the damage done by free radicals. When free radicals that are missing an electron come through your arteries and, and try to steal that electron from one of your healthy cells then that creates damage in your arterial wall, in your endothelial lining. And so when this damage occurs because of this free radical through pesticides or other chemical toxins in the air, the water, or the food you eat, comes through your body, then bingo, you're going to have this rupture of, of the uh, lining. And then cholesterol is, is sent by the liver over to that location to do a patch job, you know, just like you were patching uh, a road and you send the crew over and they put some asphalt over top of it because it's a hole. Well, you know, what, what do we know? We, we know that those patches that are done by the road crews, they're not very smooth all the times. You know, you, look, you go over them, it's like bump, bump, bump. And so when people eat their hamburgers with the fat in it, <laughs> then... They, that comes along and it sticks to that that uh, that area of repair, and 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 then your body says, well, we can't have that loose hanging around. We've got to harden that. So then calcium comes along. They've eaten a milkshake along with the burger, and now the calcium comes along and says, oh look, a very soft substance right there. That's that little plaque thing. We'll throw some calcium on that, and we'll make that nice and hard, you know, because that's what we need to do. That's our job. We make soft things hard. <laughs> so if it's not into the into the bones like it should be, then bingo, it's going to be circulating, and then the next thing you know, you have this plaque building up. So 
That's my understanding of how it happens. And so we should be looking at C-reactive protein, which is a measure right. of inflammation in your body, not the measure of whether you have cholesterol. Because mostly cholesterol is great because it helps to make hormones. It helps to make vitamin D3. And so when you actually suppress the cholesterol in your body, if you do it too much, too vigorously, you end up with people getting depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. It cuts down the ability of your brain to actually function properly if you don't have enough cholesterol in your body to, to build the things that the body needs. So that's my basic understanding of it. Over to you, Aubrey. Well, I don't have anything to add to that because <laughs> well, you're, you're well, right on it. Well, let's, stop, let's get you to tell us about how to get these darn toxins out of our body because that seems to be the beginning point of this whole thing. Yeah. You know, there's varying ways to take this. It depends also what we're talking about in terms of toxic exposure. If we're looking at environmental pollution or agrochemical pollution on our food system, you know, one of the best ways is to change our food system and to change what water we are exposed to or water we're consuming. Um, and so moving more towards organic foods, locally grown foods, foods that are grown from regenerative growing practices, these are great ways for us to decrease that toxic load in our body. That You'll notice I'm not saying the toxic load related to um, pharmaceuticals. I'm specifically talking to environmental pollutants that can hang out in our systems because of the food supply. If we're really looking at like removing heavy metals, this is where we see the importance of activated charcoal, bentonite clay, sea algaes, uh, sweet potatoes even have been shown to bind onto heavy metals to help remove them through the digestive tract so they're not in circulation within the system. And then, you know, we have to have that bigger conversation around the pharmaceuticals. And I think post-COVID, with COVID long haulers and even people that are having complications with the vaccine, there are different tactics we take to remove the toxicity in their bodies. And a lot of times that looks like homeopathic treatments that can look like increasing the amount of micronutrients and trace minerals in the system that can also look like using cilantro and a lot of herbal interventions that are shown to help with binding and removing this toxic exposure that can really um, harm a lot of organ function. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to make sure that people know about silica because silica is also one of yep. those things that can remove toxins, especially aluminum and a lot of vaccinations, not particularly the COVID ones, but a lot of childhood vaccinations are being delivered to the bodies of these children with aluminum. And if, if you go online and, and Google aluminum to remove uh, toxins in the body, uh, you're gonna find videos and articles and uh, clinical trials and everything. So I recommend there's two waters called, one's Volvic and one's called Fiji. Both of those have higher levels of silica than any other water uh, in the stores. And if you actually touch them, they will be about 5 to 10 degrees cooler than every other water. And I've told people this, and they said, no, come on, that's not true. <laughs> they must have just brought it out of the refrigerator. <laughs> I said, no, it's because the minerals are, are in there. And the only bad thing is that they, they bottle them in plastic bottles. So, you know, I recommend... Right. 
getting the, the plastic to your house and putting it in a glass container right away and then consuming it in glass, uh, uh, glass containers. So s silica is really important. And you can take silica as a supplement too. So that's another great detoxifier. Uh, is there anything else from an herbal point of view or a nutritional point of view that can help with this uh, reparative, this reparative process, this damage that's being done? Because, you know, the heart really doesn't regenerate the same way that a lot of other organs and cells in the body do. You know, the, the, the brain doesn't regenerate as readily, the lungs don't regenerate as ready, but the heart is one of the main ones that doesn't regenerate in the same way that almost all other organs do. And so you're more or less stuck with the cells that you have. And I think that's why uh, in, in, in the end, if you've had this virus get into your, uh, in, in, into your heart, it's really hard to get it out, and it's really hard to repair the damage that's actually been done. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's the longest-lasting symptom of almost every one of the COVID patients that I have dealt with over the last seven or eight months. And uh, I, I don't know whether you're, you're, you have an audience that allows you to see that same thing or not, but certainly the literature is everywhere, especially with young people. Right. As you said, young males yep. especially having this problem and so i i just think there's lots of things that can be done so i've spent the last i've spent the last couple of months actually writing this article on repairing damaged heart tissue naturally and uh you know there's some lifestyle things like you know stop tobacco i mean what are some of the lifestyle things that that you that you could mention to kind of put your body in a position to be able to actually heal this heart tissue I mean, I think decreasing C-reactive protein and cortisol levels in the body and all inflammatory markers, cytokine production as well, is essential. And so within lifestyle factors, we look at increasing whatever type of creativity calls to you. So it could be dancing in your kitchen, painting, writing, walking, um, you know, golfing, uh, gardening, all of uh, cooking, all of those things that we do and find joy out of, and we can get into a flow state where you just are given way to the activity that you're participating in. That will help re-lower that C-reactive protein, but it also helps increase white blood cell count. Journaling, uh, writing, or speaking towards your vulnerability. You know, Dean Arnish really saw this with his Undo It programs with preventing heart disease and type 2 diabetes and cancer is like there's a really beautiful significance in expressing what are you emotionally and mentally aware of. And the more vulnerable you can do that, whether that's writing out your thoughts and your feelings or speaking them out to people in your life um, or finding support for you to do so is really essential. And then we've talked previously about the role of meditation or of deep breathing, even for as little as two minutes can really help with C-reactive protein and cortisol levels. And then I think a big, big piece of conversation that can be correlated to the COVID um, long haulers is you know the role of isolation and loneliness when we all were put into lockdowns um, or had to be into quarantines. Like the research on that as a contributor to changes in our physiological functioning is really imperative to understand and 
the consequences of loneliness and isolation are long-term. And so being able to find yourself in some sort of support system cannot be overstated. Well, I, I think that's fantastic. That's a good lead up because, you know, I always talk about the fact that people who are overweight are, are inflammatory. And, and uh, I also mentioned exercise as a great thing, but, you know, exercise has a double-edged sword because I, I had an executive in New Jersey that was in one of my meetings and, and he said, uh, I, I don't understand. He said, I, I eat very, very well. I exercise a couple of hours every day, really a good, strong aerobic exercise. And I just had a triple bypass uh, operation. And I'm like in my mid-40s. What, what the heck's going on? I said, well, do you, do you consume extra magnesium and vitamin C? And he said, no, you know, I just eat a really good diet and take a multiple vitamin. I said, do you realize that if you exercise vigorously, aerobically, you can increase the free radical damage in your body by 500 or 1,000 percent. In other words, when you exercise, the oxygen that's, that's used in that burning process in your mitochondria is only about 95 percent efficient. So the 5 percent of that oxygen is, actually creates free radicals in your body. If you exercise, now you're multiplying that by you know so many times and so now you're flooded with these uh free radicals that have this missing electron and if you're not taking extra vitamin c you are going to have a problem because vitamin c has an extra electron and it can neutralize that free radical damage and magnesium is going to your your need for a magnesium is going to increase exponentially so you need to take 500 to 1,000, sometimes 2,000 milligrams a day of magnesium to make sure that the cells that you're exercising so vigorously can actually transport that glucose and oxygen into those cells so that your body's producing the energy that it needs. He went, why did my doctor not ever tell me this? And I went, hmm. uh, I don't think they learned this in medical school. And so this is one of the problems. We have to change the way doctors are trained. And this should happen sooner rather than later because, you know, we've had 700,000 people die of COVID. Uh, a lot of doctors in my uh, area of work in functional medicine say that 90% of those could have been avoided just because people yeah. are eating such bad diets. 90% of the population in this country has a bad diet. Not just a, a not so good diet, but a bad diet. And so when I give my workshops, I, I, tell, I ask people at the beginning, how many people say, think they have a good diet? 90% of the hands go up. At the end of the workshop, I say, how many people still think they have a good diet? No hands go up. So we're, we're dealing with delusion here. I mean, I would put delusion at the top of the list. And they're not getting the right blood test. The doctors absolutely have no idea what blood tests to get. And, and one of the things we did find in the literature recently uh, to, to, to follow up our claim that we do research every day is a thing called the MRI plaque view. It's a new MRI software that can actually measure the plaque and measure how the endothelial of your arteries is functioning. And if it's too thick or too thin, I mean, it actually gives you the most accurate picture that's ever been uh, shown for plaque. And one of the things we have to learn or understand is that 75% of people who have a heart attack, it's not because they had so much plaque that it, bl it blocked their arteries. It's because the 
plaque actually ruptured and flipped over and caused a blockage uh, at the top and the bottom of the artery or the vein. And that's what causes the heart attacks. 75% of them are because of this flip-up of the, and you can have 20 or 30% of your plaque damaged, but you can have this flip-up and it'll actually block that particular artery. And so if you do this uh, MRI uh, plaque view, you will find out where the plaque is everywhere in your body, what percentage of it is covering the artery that's the, that, 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 that you're looking at, and then you can take the, the measures to repair that as well as repair the damage to your heart if you have had a heart attack. So um, is this stuff that is going to be helpful to people in your, in your estimation, that we give them more of this kind of not only prevention but this repair process? What do you have for herbs and stuff that can, can kind of repair the circulatory system of, or in nutrients, anything that you think will, will help in this process of preventing heart disease and preventing this COVID aspect of, of heart damage? Well, I mean, I think with heart disease, we focus on decreasing uh, LDL levels and increasing HDL levels, which means that we're changing up what kind of fats we're consuming, you know, but if you listen to the work of Dr. Elstein, it's definitely promotes removing all sorts of oils, no matter what kind that they are, and limiting the caffeine consumption we have, limiting sweets, any type of processed foods, um, and increasing the amount of fiber that we have in our diet, but also those soil-based um, nutrients that we've already talked about, like magnesium and potassium and phosphorus. And, you know, there's varying herbs but I think the using of herbs for cardiovascular function is really contingent upon what are the heart challenges rather than using um, a blanket statement of like these are the herbs to use for cardiovascular function. I, I agree with you pretty much. I mean, I, I, I think one of the things that people don't really uh, understand is that uh, you can do all these natural things, but is it going to be therapeutic enough? And, and one of the things that we noticed with these COVID patients was they couldn't, they couldn't get the repair process done. And so what I did is I looked at every clinical trial and found out which supplements actually repair cardiovascular damage, either in the heart or in the cardiovascular delivery system. And here they are. Vitamin C, one we already talked about. Vitamin D3. What we, another one is called um, modified citrus pectin. Another one is called coenzyme Q10. Another one is magnesium. Another one is berberine. Another one is called specialized pro-resolving mediators. Another one is called astaxanthin, A-S-T-A-X-A-N-T-H-I-N. Another one is L-taurine. I, I got onto this because I was born with arrhythmia. And I've had it for 50 years, but I've been treating it for 50 years successfully so far. Vitamin E. And here's, here's, the, uh, here's the coup d'etat. This is a product called Arterosil. A-R-T-E-R-O-S-I-L. This is a substance from the sea. This is actually from red sea algae. And it's in the and the substance that's in it is called romnan romnan sulfate, R H A M N A N. Romnan sulfate 
has actually been shown to repair damage in the small capillaries of our body. And we have pictures of this actually happening. And the repair process is so strong that using this product for three months, men were able to get a plaque regression of 46.8%. And, and women were able to get a 64% reduction in plaque. And it actually stabilizes the plaque so that you don't have this rupture. And so this is, I don't know, I don't want to say a miracle drug, but I'll tell you what, this is a miracle nutrient in my estimation. And so this is one of those things that if you combine this arteriosil with this, uh, with this test that I mentioned, um, the MRI uh, plaque view, those, those are the two winners in this particular protocol. Now, it doesn't mean there aren't another great, another, a lot of other great things. There's 16 other things that should be tested, like vitamin D3, and the glycomorph test is a better glucose test, and homocysteine, C-reactive protein, the 8-OHGD for DNA damage, galactin-3 to see what your modified citrus pectin levels are doing to drive that down. Oxygen, you stick an oxygen meter on your finger and find out if it's uh, above 95, 96, 97. That's a good indication of your circulation. Cortisol levels. I mean, there's so many different ones that you can actually use as tests that uh, every doctor should be using this actual test protocol in order to determine if someone thinks they have heart problems or thinks they have history of heart disease in their family or if they've had a heart attack and they need to measure how their system is doing in this repair process there's 17 different tests that are available that are, are going to be in uh, probably the lab of one of the companies that i work with which is dha labs these are all science evidence-based nutrients and tests and so when we know that a majority of doctors know very, very little about this, that the naturopaths do, and the functional medicine doctors do, even they might not know about these newest things. And so for those that, that don't understand, please find out more about those two items that I mentioned, the artisol and the, uh, the plaque test, plaque view, it's called. I hope we didn't scare a bunch of people. Uh, I hope actually we, we, we want to tell them that 90% of people survive their first heart attack a lot of them don't survive their second and third one though and uh, so there's like 800,000 people that have a heart attack every year and 90% of them survive the first one but it's the second one the third one that caused the problem because they're not getting the right treatment and they're not getting the right tests and we need to get that corrected as soon as possible it's, any closing comments? Have I erred? Uh, I will test my error and omissions uh, uh, insurance. <laughs> no, I think we've covered it all. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, th Aubrey, thank you so much for, for all the help you give, not only here, but in, in your classes and uh, your book that uh, is out there for everybody. You want to remind people about your book? Sure. It's called Adapting Resiliently, and it's on all platforms that you can buy books from all right very cool well Thank I've, you. 
I'd like to just say thank you to uh, our sponsors. Mark Wolf is the CEO of Southern Trust Financial, and they're a very progressive and financial planning company. And their investors get the benefit of having workshops from me, and uh, they get uh, the chance to uh, they get promoted to see or uh, listen to our uh, podcast, and they get articles that, that I send over to Mark, and he sends them back out to his uh, clients. And so this is the way a financial investment company should be: uh, not only interested in someone's wealth, but interested in their health as well. Because if you have a lot of wealth but you don't have your health, um, then you really don't have much, and it won't it won't last you very long. And so Southern Trust Financial is, uh, is one of the better financial planning companies, and they're located in Sarasota, Florida. And the second company is uh, Paddock Pools. Don Baker is the CEO there. And they have a really, really interesting thing called the vacuum extractor that they put onto any pool, and it takes out the chlorine gas that comes from the chlorine in the water, and also the, it mixes with the body, body fluids and creates this gas which actually can deplete the levels of zinc in your body. If you have depleted levels of zinc, that's going to lead to depleted levels of uh, vitamin D3, which is one of the main things that contributes to whether you get cancer or not, or whether you get COVID. And so that's really important. So look at Paddock Pools. Uh, They're in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And uh, email Don Baker and find out more about these vacuum extractors. Uh, the other company that I'd like to mention is uh, MPB Health. MPB Health is a medical cost sharing company, and they're like insurance but not insurance because they actually uh, concentrate on wellness and getting the right tests done so that everybody that belongs to their program is really practicing uh, wellness as much as they can because the lower the costs go, the lower their premiums will go. And in this case, they're able to, to get a sustained reduction in overall premiums from the usual health insurance by about 30 to 40, 30 to 50%. And so wellness works. Uh, and anybody who tells you it doesn't work, it absolutely works. And they're, they're a good example of how wellness works. And that's MPB Health. And you can go and look at them online and see their videos and, and maybe get a message back to them about you might be interested as an individual or part of your employer group to try to see if you can lower those costs. And the last sponsor is uh, DHA Labs. DHA Labs has been doing progressive, advanced cellular testing uh, for about 50 or 60 years. They have blood tests, they have urine tests, they have genetic tests, and they're very supportive of the AI platform that we use. And so when you combine the AI platform with their blood tests, you get the most accurate assessment of your health that has ever occurred. And so I'm really proud to have an affiliation with them. I've now developed about six tests that are used by their organization and they're being used by people who come from our radio program actually and, uh, and, and get these tests because they are the ones that actually help you to prevent disease. They find cellular damage early. So DHA Labs, um, check them out there in Chicago area. So. Those are our sponsors. This is our program for today, uh, repairing uh, heart and circulatory damage naturally. And Aubrey, thank you very much. And thanks to our listeners. We really are proud to uh, be able to present this information and we hope you're using it and enjoying it. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.